The title of this message is You Were Filled to Be Poured and Not Stored. Filled to be poured and not stored. Now, I need to refer to last week. Last week, we talked about emptying our vessel. We learned last week that you are a vessel. You were created to carry the spirit of the living God inside of you, right? And when God saves you, he brings you to life and he wants to fill you with his spirit so that you can flow out into the world around you. But you can't be full of the spirit of God until you empty yourself of you. In other words, you can't live life according to what I want, my pleasures, my purpose, my desires. You've got to let all of that go before God can fill you because God does not fill vessels that are already full. He fills empty vessels, right? And so when you become a child of God, the desire is that you let go of all of those things that are selfish in me so that God can fill you with his spirit. Are are you with me so far? And, and Paul is talking here in this scripture about the, the nature of humanity. We are a, a, an excellent treasure resides within God's children, and uh, it flows through an earthen vessel. So the fleshly side of ourselves, the, the part of us that thinks and our bodies and our minds and our emotions, those are not perfected yet. Those are part of the flesh of our lives, as it's called in scripture. And uh, the spirit, would we become filled with the spirit, resides deep within our spirits, and the, the job is, is to let the spirit out through our minds and through our mouths and through our bodies into the world around us, right? So the earthen treasure is that part of us, amen? And it's called earthen because it's not perfect. It's not an excellent treasure. It's an earthen vessel. It may have cracks in it. It may have a past. It may make mistakes from time to time. Amen or oh me, right? It's not always going to do what it needs to do. Sometimes uh, God can't move through us because we're so tired, right? You remember in the, in the garden, they, they fell asleep on Jesus, and he said, oh, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. What was he saying? The excellent treasure's trying to get out of your flesh, but your flesh is weak, and you're sleeping over there, come on, instead of praying, right? And so as we understand who we are in Christ, we understand that God is working on our lives to shape us as vessels that carry this excellent treasure into the world. The problem is a lot of people like to get filled, but they don't like to allow it to go out into the world. I want to talk to you about that today and how important, how precious, how blessed it is to pour out into the world of what God has given you. Come on. Amen. God didn't fill you with his spirit so that you could keep it for yourself. He filled you with his spirit so that you could give it to other people. Amen. Now, we like to be full, don't we? How many of you like to be full? I don't eat and and get halfway full and stop. I eat until I'm full, and then I eat a little more. And there's this point where you're almost miserable. Come on, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You've eaten so much, you're almost miserable. It's almost too much, right? And that's that sweet spot, amen? Some of you are thinking right now, like, what are you going to have for lunch? You're going to go to some restaurant, you're going to eat, and then you're probably going to go home, because when you're full, what a lot of people like to do is find a comfortable place to sit down or lay down. What is, is it a couch? Raise your hand. Is it a chair? Raise your hand. Yeah, it's a chair, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, uh, you just sit there and you, un- you take your belt off and unbuckle that buckle, right? Amen. And, and you just relax and, and pretty soon you're sleeping, dozing off a little bit. And I like to put the TV on something that, that I kind of like but don't really like. That way if I fall asleep, it doesn't matter if I missed it, right? <laughs> That's genius, isn't it? And I just, I just doze off and wake back up, right? And uh, uh, it's just, it's so great to be full. And, and sometimes we can have a, 
filled for me kind of a mindset at church. Right? We come to church because we were wondering what God's going to put inside of us. And we walk through our world thinking what God can give us and how God can bless us and how we can have stuff. And uh, when I say filled with the Holy Spirit, there are some people who immediately think goosebumps. Come on. They think goosebumps. They think services where Sister Jones ran around and got happy. And if there were chandeliers, we'd swing from them. Uh, they think feelings, right? They think, boy, feelings, that's what the Holy Spirit's about. Boy, we just felt it, and it was, it was really good. Can I tell you a secret? I'm so glad that God does not depend on moving through your feelings alone. Come on. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit won't touch your feelings. He will. But the purpose of the Holy Spirit is not to have some sort of a goosebumpy emotional moment at church. Come on. It's not so that we can have a, a good time and feel good. Now, there will be times when you will feel good. You know, when God touches you, he'll touch your body. He'll touch your mind. He'll touch your emotions. He'll make you happy sometimes. Amen. And those of you who it's a part of your nature, you might shout and you might run and you might jump and you might uh, praise God loudly. Whatever it is, whatever floats your boat. Go ahead and, and just do it. Just let the Holy Spirit do it in you. But can I tell you, the Holy Spirit didn't fill you so that you could have emotional or fun or enjoyable experiences at church. Come on. Are you with me today? It's deeper than that. It's better than that. It's more purposeful than that. The Holy Spirit didn't fill you for goosebumps. And a lot of people have this mindset that the Holy Spirit is power for me. I mean, I got enough trouble of my own, and I need the Holy Spirit at work in my life for me. I mean, that's why he's there, right? He's there for me. He's there to provide for me and give me power and help me do things. And, and I, want to, I want you to know that he is there for you, that the Spirit dwelling in you is there to help you and, and help you live out the Christian life you're supposed to live. But it isn't about just you. We can get stuck in this mindset that the Holy Spirit is in me to help me have a comfortable life and a peaceful life and uh, be at rest all the time. Can I tell you something about that? Every time you think that God is here to make you comfortable, think about what Jesus went through. Think about what the disciples and the apostles went through and ask yourself, which one of them had a comfortable life? Not one of them. Because it isn't about comfort. It's about purpose. Amen? And there is greater joy in purpose than earthly comfort, right? The Holy Spirit didn't fill you up so that you wouldn't ever have any problems and you could leap over every challenge that came your way. That's not the only purpose that the Holy Spirit has in you. Now, we, he will have an effect on your life once again. Can I tell you a secret, though? You know, we like things like power and joy and all of that. But, you know, the fruit of the Spirit says some other things like goodness, like being kind and good to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, also being patient with people. The, uh, the, the, the King James says long-suffering. That means somebody is on your nerve, and it's a long time that you're suffering. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit empowers you to keep your mouth shut and be kind. Amen? So be careful about, you know, the Holy Spirit's just for me, because a lot of what is just for me is about you behaving yourself a little bit better, right? Empowering you to be more like Jesus. Yes? We like having that filled with me mindset, but the Holy Spirit didn't fill us just for ourselves. In fact, Jesus said, go wait in Jerusalem and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you for this purpose, to be my witnesses in the world, to show people what it's like when a living God gets inside of you, to share my love with other people. How many of you have a tea pitcher in your refrigerator at home? 
Sweet tea or unsweet tea? Which one is it? Sweet tea. <laughs> sweet tea. Now, I've been in Texas a long time, and I grew up on sweet tea, but I don't like sweet tea anymore. I like unsweet tea. And I know some of you think that means that I'm not really saved. <laughs> and I'm, but can I, can I promise you that God loves people who drink unsweet tea too? Amen? And, uh, you know, <laughs> thank you, Harold. You know, when you, when you have a tea pitcher, you make tea and you put it in the pitcher and, and you stick it in the refrigerator. And why do you fill a pitcher with tea in the first place? You fill it with tea so that when somebody gets thirsty, you can pour it in a cup and they can drink it. This is some pretty simple stuff. And uh, it's kind of surprising that we all, including me, have to be reminded of this from time to time. The pitcher is filled so that when somebody needs it, you can pour some of it out and they can have some of it. Are you following me today? What happens if you put the tea in the pitcher and you never pour it out? It gets little floaty things in the top of it, don't it? (laughs) And some people will still drink it, but I'm not going to. And it never benefits anybody. It was made to quench thirst. But it never benefits anybody if it just stays stored up because it was never created to be stored. It was created to be poured. Amen? God created your life so that you could pour out into other people, not so that you could enjoy it yourself, just yourself, but so that it would overflow into the lives of other people. Let me read you another scripture this morning. Hallelujah. John chapter 7, verse 37. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone is thirsty, let that sink in for just a moment. Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from this, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. That means he was not gone to heaven yet. He had promised them the Spirit. He told them there's coming a day when out of the depths of who you are, a river will flow. A river will flow. Can I tell you something, child of God? God wants to fill your life not so that it can be stored, but so the Spirit can be poured out on the world around you. Amen? There is a thirsty world in need. Jesus cried out to the world. He said, if anyone is thirsty. You know, we look to Jesus as our example, and we see him. Do you remember how John baptized him in in the Jordan River? And when he came out, the, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form, in the form of a dove, right? And Jesus, from that moment on, he began to do these miraculous things. And, and uh, up to this point, you know, the life of Jesus is a life of the Spirit moving through the man Jesus into the world around him. Pouring out his heart, pouring out his life into the world around him. Jesus is our example. And I want to show you some things about Jesus and how we should copy him, mimic him, try to be like him as the Spirit lives in and through our lives. The first thing is Jesus recognized people who were thirsty. He was aware. Amen. Sometimes I feel like Christians, we got our blinders on. 
Because we've been, you know, we've been talking about the scriptures, how we're so blessed and how God is going to provide and heal and do all this stuff. And, and we got our blinders on because we don't really want to see the person on the side of the road. We don't want to really see the, the co-worker that's going through a rough time. We don't really want to see other people's needs. We want to take care of us and our wives and our kids and ourselves and our, our close friends. And that's about it. Come on, I'm in your world now, ain't I? I'm talking to me too. We got our focus on our, our own little world and we think about ourselves and to the point that sometimes we can develop a life where we don't even see people who are thirsty. We don't even recognize the people in our family who are thirsty. And we got excuses, don't we? Come on now. We got all kinds of reasons why, well, I'm busy and I don't have any money and I can't do this and I can't do that. And, 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 and well, you know, that's somebody else's problem. You know, we're like the waitress that says, sorry, that's not my table. <laughs> uh, you know, somebody else can help you. I got enough problems of my own. I'm so glad that Jesus saw us in our need. Everywhere he went, he saw the needy. He recognized. He looked beyond the outside and saw the inside. Listen, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, you will begin to recognize the inside, the spirit realm. You'll look past how people look on the outside. You'll look beyond the words they say, and you'll be able to see depth in the depths of their soul that there's something that is going on that they have a need and maybe you can help and you can pour into their life amen he recognized we got to get our eyes open and look around us we got to be thinking intentionally when we go to work is there an opportunity for me is everybody doing okay can I be an example of Jesus to those who are lost around me at work and at school? In our homes, we got to look for opportunities. Jesus saw us in our need, and he had enough compassion for us to actually come to where we are. Amen? And that's why, you know, we, we had a change in our brain here at Austin Alive Church, and the Holy Spirit began to help us try to understand how to reach this generation for Jesus Christ. And, and let's just be honest. We're going through a time where people just don't come to church like they used to. And some would say millennials don't come to church. But I'm here to tell you that the older folks don't come to church like they used to either. And so the question is, well, if people won't uh, come when the bell rings in the steeple, so to speak, and, and it's Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, if they won't come then, what's, what are we to do? Just sit here in an empty building? No, we're supposed to go to where they are, amen? In fact, that's what the Bible originally says. Jesus says, go into all the world. He said, go in the highways and hedges and places where you don't normally go and love on people, preach the gospel, share the love of Christ with them. And so our change in, in thinking is that we don't really, we're not too concerned about how many people are here on Sunday morning. We're more concerned with how we're affecting people when we leave this place. Amen. And can I tell you something? You are Austin Alive Church. And when you leave and you go into your world and you love on your coworkers and you minister to your family and you're an example in your community, you are representing the kingdom of God. You are representing this church and you are doing what God has called us to do. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. That's what God called us to do. We're not going to worry about how big of a crowd we have in here. What we're going to worry about is how big an effect we have out there. You know why? Because Jesus set the example. He saw us and he came to us. He walked into our world. Come on. You ever get involved in someone else's need? God leads you and you see someone in need and you get involved in their life? There, there are levels of that. There's one level 
where you kind of get a little bit involved and it feels really good and it does a little bit of good. There's deeper levels though when you get really involved and this is where it gets ugly because when you get into the depths of individuals' lives, it's messy. Come on. I'm talking about me too. You know, if you get close enough to me, you'll find a mess in there because I'm just an earthen vessel like everybody else. I got problems like everybody else. I got stuff that needs to be worked on like everybody else. Amen. And sometimes we don't want to walk too far into people's world because we instinctively know we're going to get in that mess. Oh, I'm so glad that Jesus just dove right in. That he just, he came into my world. He came into my life, Harold. My life. When I was a mess, when there was little hope for me, he came into my life and he dove all the way in. He didn't just dabble on the outside. He got involved in the depths of who I am and he helped pick up all of the broken pieces and throw the trash away because he was not satisfied just watching from afar and wishing me well. He had to get involved in my life. Sometimes God's going to lead you to touch some people in a, in a mild or a sort of a, a, a light way. But there are times when God's going to lead someone into your life where you're going to have to dig down in there and roll up your sleeves and, and maybe put your rubber boots on, so to speak, because it's going to be a mess down in there. But you got to get in there because God wants to use you in their world. And don't say, hey, you know what? If you'd come to church, everything would be great. Come on, can I tell you something? You can come to church and everything is not great. You can listen to good preaching, be in the spirit, hear Tanisha hit a high note that just hits your soul and makes you feel all good inside, but that is not going to change anything. What you need is transformation. You need more than just a church service. You need Jesus in your life. Some people need us to get into the depths of who they are so that we can bring the goodness of the spirit in us into the depths of who they are. I know this is challenging, but we need this. God is leading us to this, amen? Jesus saw us. He came into our world, and then the Bible says that he went about doing good, healing all manner of sickness, delivering those who have been oppressed by the devil. Hallelujah. I love the scripture because Jesus is a superhero in the scripture, amen? And you know what? You're a superhero too. You are a spiritual, mighty, powerful force for the kingdom of God, and you ought to be going around doing good and healing people who are sick and setting people who've been oppressed of the devil free in the name of Jesus. We know it's not you. We know it's the excellent treasure coming through you, but you've got to let it flow. Amen. You got to do more than want to do it. You know, there's this thing that I talk about a lot and, uh, I hope you recognize it in yourself. The devil uses this and it's when you get a good idea about something to do and then you talk about it and you think about it and you might even meet with other people and even make plans about it. You might even make plans and write out your plans. And it feels so good when you're coming up with the idea. How many of you know what I mean? But can I tell you something? Until you do it, you've done nothing. The good feelings are not the purpose of doing good. Doing good is actually the purpose of doing good. Amen? Amen. Sometimes I think we've gotten selfish. You know, we do good so that we can feel good. We forgive people so that we can be free. But you know what? Jesus didn't come so that he could feel good. He came to actually do good. And when we do good, it's about those other people and not ourselves. Amen? And so it doesn't matter if we've thought about it and felt good about it. If we haven't done it, we haven't really done anything. 
And we need to be a people who are willing to do what needs to be done when the Spirit leads us to the right place. Sometimes we need to pray, and that's all we need to do. You know, I tell people all the time on Facebook, I'm praying, I'm praying. And people will say, do you really pray that much? You'd be praying all day long. And, and what they don't understand, Harold, is that you can be in communication with God all day long. I mean, you don't, you know, God is like he's with you. He's not on the phone where you got to hang up and then call him back again. He's with you. And you can pray simple prayers. Amen. Yeah, I mean, Lord, help me. That's one of the most answered prayers in the history of the universe, I'm convinced of. Lord, help me. It's as simple as that, amen? God may call you to pray and do nothing else. In fact, I faced a situation here recently where a, a, a great spiritual practical need was brought to my attention, and I began to think of what I needed to do about it. And I began to pray, and as I began to pray, the Lord clearly spoke to me. I don't hear God audibly, but I sense words in my spirit sometimes. And he said these words. He said, leave it alone, Mylon. I'm taking care of it. But then there are some times where God says, Harold, get up off your knees and go do what you need to do. There are some times when God says, stop praying that that person will have food and go take them some food. Stop praying and wishing things were better and go do for them. you got to let the Spirit lead you. And when he leads you, you've got to be obedient and do what he calls you to do. And listen, it's going to cost you something. We're not afraid of sacrifice at this church, are we? Come on, amen. You know why we're not afraid of sacrifice? Because the spirit of love rests within us, right? And so when we give and we see people blessed, we, we, man, that's just great. Hallelujah. It's more blessed to give than receive. And we, we love to give. It's, it's in us because the spirit lives in us, right? Not only do we, do we love to give, but we know this, that when you give something sacrificially, you never lose what you're giving. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean because every sacrifice is a seed. It's not a loss. You don't throw things in the garbage when you give them in the name of Jesus. They're planted. And what does the Bible promise you about planting in the kingdom? That it would return a 30, 60, 100-fold blessing into your life? Some of you today are going to let go of something. Maybe it's your money or your time or your energy. You're going to let go of something, and it's going to hurt to let it go. But you know the Spirit is guiding you to do it. And when you do it, you're planting a seed that's going to return to you when you need it. Amen? At some point, God's going to give you some extra money you weren't expecting come on he's going to give you some extra time you weren't expecting the boss is going to say why don't you take the day off with pay and you're going to be glad that you planted seed amen that's why we're not afraid to sacrifice because we know that when a seed abides alone it produces nothing but when it's given when it's planted when we make a sacrifice of our lives for somebody else it produces a harvest amen Hallelujah. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Amen. He gave up everything because he loved us. And we're not afraid to sacrifice, are we? Come on, are you with me today? Do we feel this as a church? I'm not afraid to give up an evening of my life for other people. I'm not afraid to give up some of my money. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. There are times when I know uh, money's going to be tight and uh, there's an extra bill or extra expense. In fact, right now, the tires on my uh, car need to be replaced. And you know what I'm doing? I am looking for places to drop $20, $50, investing in other people in the kingdom of God. You know why I do that? Because I know God's going to give me a harvest, amen? God's going to provide. He's going to give me a harvest, amen? I just, I just claim it in the name of Jesus. It just works, amen? It works. It just works. 
plant it and watch what God does in your life. Hallelujah. Jesus sacrificed for us. But you know, I don't think the world quite gets this. You remember when there was a lot of flooding going on and people had no place to go, right? And people were online complaining about churches not opening the doors for people to come in and live. And, you know, each church has to, they have to decide on their own what they need to do with their facilities and all of that. You know, it it showed me something, though, that the world thinks the church is another nonprofit, that that we exist just to feed the poor, to help those in need, that we're supposed to collect money, and we're supposed to just give it to people who have needs. Can I tell you something? We do go around doing good for people because we have a heart of love, and we don't want to see them suffer. And it is part of our, our calling to express the love of God in practical ways to people who are in need. But can I tell you, that is not why the church exists. The church exists to lead people to Jesus, to tell them that they can too be transformed. That you can do more than just have a cup of water given to you from someone else. But you can become one of those who in the depths of who they are, a river of living water will flow out of you. And Jesus said, if I give it to you, you will never thirst again. Come on, amen. Let's read that. How many of you remember that story? The woman at the well. She'd had five husbands, bless her heart. Everybody picks on that woman for having all those husbands, but what about all those knuckle-headed husbands that left her? Oh, I just got real, didn't I? John chapter 4, there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. You know why God wants us to pour into the lives of others? Yes, to do good. Yes, to feed them. Yes, to help them, encourage them, help them, pray for them, deliver them from sickness by the name of Jesus. God wants us to pour those things into their life. But the primary reason is to help them know Jesus. To help them receive what Jesus promised. Look, if you would drink of the water that he gives you. That it would grow and it would transform you and become a a, a river that flows in and out of your life. That's what the Holy Spirit is supposed to be. He's supposed to flow in your life as as you come before him. And you pray and you worship and and you read his word and you look into his face and you're transformed. and, And the spirit just flows into your life and you walk out into your world and you begin to allow that to pour into other people's lives because you speak love into them. You're an example to them and and you let God move into your, into their lives through you. Come on, are you with me today? And now I don't want you to think that it's supposed to be something that you've got to force to happen. A river isn't forced. It just flows. 
Come on, say that. It just flows. It just flows. When we're full of the Spirit of God, we have to make an attempt to stop the flow. In other words, it takes effort to store it. And it flows when you pour it. Amen? It's supposed to happen naturally. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does inside of our lives. He gets inside of us and he wants to flow out of us. It's a natural thing. Now when you uh, feel for a fellow human being and, and you see the lost and you have compassion for them and you want to do and you want to pray and you want to help, that's the Spirit trying to flow out of your life. And my advice for you in those times is real simple. Just let it flow. Just let the Holy Spirit's supernatural power of God flow out of your life. It's supernatural power. It is the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God. Can we just stop for a moment and recognize that the spirit God wants to fill us with is not just another spirit. It is the creator of the universe, the God of heaven and earth. Amen. As far as you can go, trillions of light years. Scientists tell us that the universe is, as far as they know, trillions of light years, I believe. Which a light year is when you get into, uh, when you can travel at the speed of light for a year. That's what a light year is. So you multiply that times billions or trillions and so far away that, that uh, there's no way that you could ever uh, arrive there. The, the expanse of the universe created by our God and, and the God who sees every human being and is in, in the largest of places and yet in the mi- most microscopic of places, he's there as well. The God who's never failed, who's all-knowing and all-powerful and, and everything that you could possibly imagine and beyond our understanding the God who is everything lives in you. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, our problem is sometimes we don't let it flow because we think what's in us is us. We're thinking about us. They don't want to hear from me. You know, I can't help them. They don't, you know, they don't need what I have. I don't have very much. How many of you ever felt like, you know, I don't have very much to offer? Come on, be honest. Have have you ever felt like you have maybe five loaves and two fish? Come on. Is a bell ringing in your spirit right now? That Jesus fed 5,000 men and their families with a few fish and a loaf of bread? And that if you would just understand that it's not really your ministry, it's his. It's his church. It's his city. It's his world. It's his ministry. You are just an earthen vessel. And our job is to say, Lord, I'm going to empty myself of me so that you can fill me up. And when you fill me up, I'm not going to store what you gave me. I'm going to pour it out onto a world that's in need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 